What's up, everybody? It's the Roundtable Sports Podcast. My name is Taylor McLean, and today we're going to take a look at the Los Angeles Chargers 38-21 victory over the Kansas City Chiefs. And I kind of stuttered there for a second because it wasn't really the Kansas City Chiefs that the Los Angeles Chargers were playing. It was kind of the backup squad. But still, I love watching Justin Herbert get out there. There's some stuff that's already happened with the Chargers, so I wanted to watch this game and kind of get this info out there. You know, it's kind of weird in Week 17 that there are teams that aren't really playing, and it makes their games a little bit less fun. But there was enough information on Kansas City out there and going into the playoffs that I wanted to talk about that I didn't feel like it was really cheating to, you know, watch this game and not really have to pay as close attention to the Chad Henney portion, the Kansas City Chief offensive portion. But, you know, it did. this game did have one of my favorite players, you know, in this year, and it's Justin Herbert. In week two, after I had watched Tyrod play the first week, I knew that this guy was their starter, and I knew there was no way that they could take this out. And had they taken Justin Herbert out, I have to think that Anthony Lynn's fate would have been sealed a little earlier than it was You know, I think there was a hard decision for the Chargers to go ahead and let Anthony Lynn go, which they did on Black Monday. Black Monday being the day that most NFL coaches get fired if they are going to get fired. And they went ahead and pulled the trigger, which I did think was the right decision for the Chargers. I know that Anthony Lynn is an inspiring guy, and it seems like his players were behind him and his teams always fought hard. And there's a lot of things to like about the way he does business. There was just too many mistakes and too many mishandles of situations for me to count on him as my head coach. You know, I certainly think I would want him on my coaching staff. But as far as, you know, just some of the little things that this team did to lose games and to really lose his credibility as a head coach were kind of unforgivable. And like I said, I just felt like it was the right decision to go ahead and move on. Now, the Chargers haven't been a top-flight organization overall, so who they hire is certainly going to be in question. And it all makes me a little queasy in my stomach to think about Justin Herbert not getting the best situation possible for his continued growth because I love good quarterback play, and this guy is absolutely capable of producing good quarterback play. Just from an eye test, say what you want about, you know, the records that he set and the passing TDs and the like. Say what you want about that. That was all amazing, and I love to see it, and the production was absolutely there, and it got better over time. He showed progression in the things he was doing. The main thing is from an eye test standpoint, this guy has all the physical skills you could want. He is 6'6". He's huge. He's substantial, 6'6". He's not skinny by any means, but he's not fat either. He looks statuesque out there, but it still looks like he has a little room to grow on that, you know, as his man muscles fill out. And the ball explodes out of his hands. When he throws the ball, he can throw it to any dimension of the field. He immediately vaulted to my top five NFL arms. You know, there's Patrick, there's Josh Allen, and then there's Herbert. Those are my big three. Then I go Matthew Stafford and A-Rod. Those are kind of my big five arms. But those first three, the ball explodes out of their hands. They don't have to throw it all that hard to really flip it out 40 yards. 
And I love the way that it, he throws the ball. It's something that I'm excited to continue to watch. It was a big boon to my film watching to have the Chargers be a good team because they have weapons and they have pieces on this team that I think they can work with. And Justin did everything he could with those weapons. And it was just really encouraging to watch. Even today, despite it being against kind of the second team or, you know, not all of the starters of the Chiefs, he still made it look good. He still was moving around and showing me the things that I want to see going into the offseason to be excited about this guy. Now, I mentioned that Anthony Lynn is no longer going to be the coach. That's likely going to mean a different coach in all the different positions. They've already going to interview Gus Bradley in Los Angeles. They haven't really telegraphed exactly who they're going to hire as coach to this point. It's still really early on in the process. And that's the only thing that makes me nervous about Justin is, you know, having him go into a new system. That's never fun as far as having to learn a new system, but also the system might not fit him and they might not throw as much as they did this year. And that could affect his fantasy value overall. You know, you wonder why you can't just draft the stats from the year before. And it's because a lot of things can change. It's not just coaching. It can be a philosophy within a coaching staff. See Matt LaFleur, you know, cooking more with Aaron Rodgers. Or, you know, it can change midseason. See the Seattle Seahawks and them going back into their off- offensive turtle shell. I mean, there's a lot of things that can happen, not just in the offseason, but over the course of the season. And it was just really nice. I felt really comfortable with the way the offense went and with Justin's production, it was just everything else that meant that they had to make a change for this season or for this next season. And I'm excited to see who they come up with. I hope it's somebody encouraging because I think Justin Herbert is on the low end of the quarterbacks that I'm going to be targeting. You know, he managed to turn in a top nine season already, you know, with this production. And I got to think he can continue to grow It's just a question of who do they bring in and what do we think he can do with that? Because as we saw, you know, even with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they didn't really change all that much except for Tom Brady. And then it changes everything. So they're going to have the same quarterback in the chargers, but I'm just saying that's the reason we can't count on this going exactly the same. The good thing is I believe that, you know, if Justin really commits and makes a second, you know, year jump, You know, actually, if they have an offseason to grow and they can meet and practice and do all those things, I would be excited about Justin Herbert regardless because I think he has enough talent that he's going to attract a quality coach, you know, that they might not have been able to attract before. And I think he has the arm talent as well as the mobility to really do what he wants on the field and do what the Chargers would need of him. Now, I still want to see them invest in the offensive line. You know, they did so with a couple of veterans in the trade this last time, but, you know, trying to paper over it isn't great. You need to be drafting good offensive linemen. They're going to have a decent pick. It's not going to be, you know, the top part of the draft, but it seems like there's going to be some opportunities for them to upgrade the talent around him. You know, it might not be, you know, at the tight end position, they're probably going to let Hunter Henry go, I would think. But they have talent there, too. I like Donald Parham, you know, his 6'8", nimble guy that can run around. I like him for Justin, even though Justin kind of seems like more of an outside guy. He's more of a wide receiver guy. And having a full season of Keenan Allen and Mike Williams would really help him out a lot. 
He played good with Mike Williams down the stretch, and that was encouraging to see. I love Mike Williams. He just needs to stay healthy. And I love Keenan Allen, too. He's one of the most professional receivers I've ever seen. And I love the way he was playing with Josh. He just, you know, got out with his injury issue down the stretch here. So I need to see that as far as having healthy options. I want to see them continue to support this guy because, man, he has everything in the world that I want out of my quarterback. And I want to see this organization spend money and continue to develop people around him because it hasn't been great up until this point. And uh, I just need to see them really support my guy here because I love Justin Herbert. And it just excites me to see the ball just, man, it just explodes out of his hand. It's so good. And those kind of quarterbacks don't come around as much, especially one that's able to move around and run the ball a bit too when he's pressed into it. Now, they're not designing runs for him necessarily, but I'd like to see him run three or four times a game to keep the defense honest. He has enough talent to do that too, and that's a big-time encouraging thing for his prospects going forward, no matter who the quarterback is, no matter who the coach is. Like I said, I'm going to be monitoring who they replace Anthony Lynn with very, very closely because I have a feeling that Justin's going to fall more in that five to eight range round as far as fantasy drafts go. And that's where I like to attack the quarterback position because it kind of drops off as far as the wide receiver and running back talent goes after that point. So it's a little bit more of a flyer situation for those two positions. And that's when I like to jump on quarterbacks like I did Josh Allen this year and like I did Kyler Murray this year. Those are both two up-and-coming quarterbacks that took the next step this year. I think Justin Herbert could could be one of those guys. And that's where you find your big-time fantasy values. And that's where you win leagues. So Justin Herbert, love the talent, love the way he's going. I like the way he checks down to Austin Eckler as well. I don't like the way that they have been splitting up the carries for the running backs on this team. And that's something that could change with another regime. But that means you're also going to have to speculate a lot on what's going to happen there and who's going to get the carries. And that may lead to Austin Eckler getting overdrafted. However, I do like the way that he seemed to have a chemistry with Justin Herbert and that Justin seemed to check down to him more than the other running backs, you know, despite Justin Jackson getting a nice catch today. I like Austin Eckler. He didn't hold up the whole season, and that's been one of my biggest fears is his durability. But I have a feeling that that durability concern, as well as, you know, having all these other cooks in the kitchen for the running back and the coaching change may bake in a little bit of uh, caution to his average draft position. And you may get, be able to get Austin Eckler in more of a third or fourth round type situation. And that's something I'd be interested in Austin Eckler as my speculative flex that could, you know, explode given, you know, elite by the offense and elite by Justin Herbert. And that's what something I'm interested in. I like running backs that catch the ball and Austin Eckler absolutely caught the, caught the ball. It's just that, you know, with the carries, they were mixing in too much of Kalen Balazs and Justin Jackson and even Joshua Kelly on a given week, not this week, but other weeks. And it led to snipes touchdowns. It led to a whole bunch of things that really held Austin Eckler down. So we'll see how we feel about that in the off season. And if they telegraph some sort of change by what they do. I mentioned earlier, Mike Williams had a nice game. He has such strong hands and he's able to go up and get the ball. And Justin is able to hit him down the field, which is something he needs. 
I think that's something I'm going to be interested in in the middle half, the middle to back half of fantasy drafts, just depending on what the hype train looks like when it comes draft time for Mike Williams, because I don't think it's something that I want to count on in regular fantasy leagues because you have to kind of predict when he's going to blow up and he can be very up and down if he doesn't get, you know, the deep targets like can happen in an NFL game, depending on the personnel of the defense. I just think that he's going to have big games and Justin's going to be able to feed him. And I like him being the number two option with Keenan Allen, with Parham. I like Tyron Johnson okay. Uh, I'm not as hype about Jalen Guyton. Guyton, you know, dropped a big-time touchdown and didn't catch any of his four targets. I think he's pressed into too much of a role without Keenan Allen in there. So I'd like to see them add one more guy to their wide receiver or, you know, keep Hunter Henry, try to keep him healthy maybe. I don't know. It just I, I want more options. I'm really more concerned about the offensive line, and I'd love to see them invest more there than I would, you know, the wide receivers because they've already made some investments there. But, man, I, I just want to see them support my guy. That's the big thing. They have some pieces on defense, and they need to get healthy there as well. They've been a bad victim of attrition and injury this year too, so that's hard to put against them. But, you know, the 7-9 and nine record, certainly it could have been bigger, and that's mainly because of Herbert and what he was to this team. And, uh, you know, like I said, I like the weapons. I like the running backs. We're just going to have to see kind of who they bring in to try and figure out what we're going to do with them in fantasy. But as far as supporting Justin, I want to see them keep them. I don't think that they have to keep Hunter Henry, like I said earlier, uh, but we'll see kind of how they play that out. I think he, he was on the franchise tag this year, and I don't see them doing that again at a higher price just because he wasn't really a priority in the offense and he was more of just an ancillary piece than he was a true focused on weapon. Really the focus for Justin is, you know, the outside wide receivers. And that was the way to stop him this season was to kind of cut off the outside, make him work it more over the middle. And I got to think Justin is motivated to get better and continue growing. So I'm excited. Like I said, this is the kind of guy that you're looking at in fantasy drafts, you know, towards those, later to mid rounds that you want to kind of see get your quarterback in rather than having to draft them in the second, third or fourth round, just because there's a lot of talent still left on the board, the upper tier wide receiver and running back talent goes off at that point. And then you're kind of looking at your team like, Oh no, I only have, you know, one of that position. And then you're having to draft from guys that are more speculative and older or the Le'Veon Bell types, you know, that's what you're trying to draft, not to draft in your running back type situations. So we're very encouraged by the Chargers, you know, give or take on the Anthony Lynn thing. I mean, that certainly would have given us a little bit more confidence that Justin was going to do this again, but I still think the talent's going to overwhelm me into taking him at at a lot of different points in those rounds. And, you know, Chargers fans have to be excited. I mean, I know you didn't make the playoffs, but, did you really have those expectations when you started the year? No, this, this team has beat every expectation, but it's mainly because of Justin Herbert. It wasn't the coaching staff during that time. So that's unfortunate, but it is what it is. Let's move over to the Kansas city chiefs. And I don't really have a ton to say about how they play today. 
Um, outside of, I really liked the way that they used Darwin Thompson. And I really liked the burst he was showing, you know, while he was out on the field. It wasn't the prettiest thing just because, you know, the Chargers kind of knew that they needed to stop the run and kind of stop him. But I liked, I liked the way he played. I really did. And I was encouraged by that. It probably will have me chasing him a little bit at the end of best, best ball drafts, possibly. I did the same thing with Daryl Williams this year, but didn't really work out too well. And, you know, this offense wasn't at its full strength, obviously. Chad Henney did a fine job, showed that he is a capable NFL backup, but he's nothing to write home about. He's not one of the better backups in the league. Eh. Okay, maybe he's top half, but still, it's not like he's the 35th best quarterback in the league. The offense did a good job of kind of helping him out. And, you know, should he have had Travis Kelsey and Tyree Kill out there, he could have done a lot more. So the fact that he was kind of playing with the backups and the third and fourth wide receivers as his starters, you know, that held him back a bit. But he still did plenty. I like Pringle a lot more than I thought I would have. Um Miko Hardman still continues to disappoint me, uh, although I imagine they didn't play him quite as much as they probably could have. But still, overall, I was a little disappointed in what his output. And, you know, I just I want more from my ancillary, you know, Kansas City options. Marcus Robinson didn't do a ton for me this season either. So it was an overall disappointment for me in trying to chase Kansas City Chiefs points in best balls that didn't quite develop. Now, part of that was they added Le'Veon Bell midseason too for the running back portion of it. But still, overall, I just don't know how hard I'm going to be chasing the options outside of Patrick, Travis, and Tyreek next year. And, you know, I'm going to be looking at them pretty hard. I'm probably still not going to be taking Patrick in the second round just because, like I said, you can get comparable production in the later rounds and you can't in running backs and wide receivers too, really. So that's why you don't really see me drafting Patrick as much, even though he's my favorite player. Anytime I get him, it's kind of a bonus because he actually did slide to the third round where I'm willing to take those type of risks. And it's not really a risk. That's the reason, you know, he's drafted so high, but as you see other quarterbacks, you know, if you drafted a rod way, way later, that paid off a lot bigger than Patrick did, or if you drafted Lamar and he ends up being the 10th quarterback, that didn't pay off at all. Now, Lamar is just fine, and he'll absolutely be someone I'm drafting next year. It's just I don't think that I'm going to have to get him in the second and third round to do so. That's why I'm looking towards those things. I'm looking for the discount bin when it comes to those quarterbacks just because if you shop in the discount bin of the running backs, you're left short and you're usually left out of the playoffs, in my opinion. Now, Kansas City is definitely my favorite to win it all. I mean, certainly they're everybody's favorite going 15-2 and two like this, but still going 14-2 and two like this, but still they get the bye week. They get to get everybody healthy. They are going to come out strong, I have no doubt, against whoever they play. They're going to have home field, which hasn't meant as much this year. But, man, having Tyreek, Travis – out there, you know, having to cover them on top of everybody else that they have out there. That's a tough call. 
The offense is really churning and really been going well this season. Eric Bieniemy is set up to get a bunch of coaching interviews and kind of seems like he's finally going to get his shot this year, which he probably should have got it last year, but that happens. You know, Kevin Stefanski probably should have been the coach of the Browns the year before this too, but you know, the good thing is they ended up making the right decision. And I think Eric will have his choice of which job he wants this off season. So that's exciting for him. That's exciting for, you know, Chiefs fans overall, although they'll have to replace him. You know, Andy Reid is still the architect of all this, and I got to think they'll still be okay. But having those big minds that are able to create for you and be able to help, that's also a big deal. So that'll be interesting to see who they bring in as offensive coordinator and whether it's, you know, from somebody they already have or outside and see how the offense looks from there, see whether they – continue to focus down on their main options or whether they spread things around like they did at first, just uh, it will lead to a little bit of instability in the chiefs as far as drafting them. But I still think I'll be all over Travis Kelsey. I'll be all over Tyree kill and I'll be all over Patrick at the right price. Um, I don't think anything is going to change that. And then Clyde Edwards, Lair, uh, I don't know. He showed talent and he got a certain amount of yards, but week to week, it was really hard to trust him, and he certainly didn't live up to the first-round billing, and that's why typically you don't catch me you know, drafting first-round rookies at running back. But yeah, I've seen crazier things happen, and there's going to be a lot of teams with flux at the running back position. That'll be something I'm monitoring, including this situation, because figuring out what the right price for Clyde Edwards-Alaire in his second year could be profitable. You know, Like I said, we don't know exactly how it's going to turn out, And, you know, really Kansas City turned the corner and really committed to putting the ball in Patrick's hands, especially in the second part of this season. And it may not play out that way next year. So everybody has a price. We'll see what Clyde Edwards-Alaire's is when it comes to fantasy time. And like I said, as far as the playoffs go for the Kansas City Chiefs, I have no doubt that they're going to come in strong and put in a good effort no matter what. They, you know, they sat Patrick today. They sat their team, even though, I mean, they already had the bye locked up. So what did it matter? Right. But, you know, they could have played Patrick for the MVP. He's already been there. This team's already been there and done that. They've had a taste of success. All, you know, teams that are able to bring back as much as they're able to bring back and have had that taste of success. Typically all they want at that point is more success. They only want to go back and do that one thing. So they had less to prove this year than ever, and they still won as many games as they did and still did what they did. I think a lot of people fault them, and a lot of people are getting on the Buffalo Bills bandwagon because the Chiefs kind of coasted down the stretch. Once they kind of had everything locked up, they weren't really pressing. Something I've been trying to impress on everybody this year is that despite making millions of dollars, pro athletes need motivation, and motivation means a lot to these guys. So contract years – Um, playoff implications, all of these things matter and affect the effort level of these teams, you know, and I think the Chiefs just became a little lack of motivated down the stretch and played with their food a bit while still winning those games and still able to keep their guys healthy. You know, it's a big deal to have your guys healthy. You'll notice that a lot of the teams that are still there are some of the healthiest teams in the league. It's one of my theories that, Probably 25 of the teams in the NFL could win it all, maybe even more, if they didn't have anybody injured. You know, if nobody gets injured on that team, could they win it all? And if everybody else, you know, 
has injuries and are playing with less than a full deck, a lot of times I feel like the answer is yes. But that's not the game we play. They haven't come with a perfect way to prevent injuries. And until they do, that's going to be a big time part of NFL football. You know, see the Dallas Cowboys. They fell apart, you know, not just without Dak, but without Tyron, without their, without Lyle, without Zach Martin. I mean, you just take too many, you know, highly paid players off a team and there's not a lot they can do about it. You only get to pay like 10 to 11 players above the minimum and above their draft salary. So it's kind of like getting married to those players and enough of those marriages go bad and, you know, you're left with your replacement players, you're left with your backups and in a salary cap situation, you can only have so many good backups too. That's why you see teams that get too injured at one position really fall apart because, you know, you're dealing with your third or your four string guy and they're really more destined to be in the AAF or the XFL or something like that. So Kansas City Chiefs, not worried about them resting people. I think that's the right way to go. You know, Tampa Bay nearly lost Mike Evans trying to get him a thousand yards. Luckily, there was no you know ligament damage. We'll see if he actually plays in the game this week. But that's why you do it. You want to come in as healthy as possible. And it seems like outside of Clyde Edwards-Alaire, you know, I think who I think might play in the first place, seems like they're coming in pretty much at full health outside of you know, some of the injuries they had earlier in the year, especially, you know, with that offensive lineman Osimile, that would have been a nice get to have him the whole season, but it is what it is. Well, that's what I've got for this game. Like, listen, subscribe, and of course, the most important one, download the podcast. Let me know you're here and let me know you're listening and have a great rest of your day. <laughs>